You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one money pit Let us help you start the new year off right by tackling that one home improvement project on your 2011 to-do list. Well, as we wrap this holiday season to a close, might be a good time to consider all the loot. What did you get this year? Did you get some new electronics, for example? If you did, well, that's great. But what are you going to do with all your old stuff? We're going to have some tips on how you can recycle your old electronics, make room for all the new gear, plus an idea on how you can actually make a few dollars at the same time. That's right. And among the treasures that you received this holiday season, did you maybe get a couple of things that you actually wish that you didn't? Well, in this economy, holiday returns are not such a simple thing to do. So we're going to share some tips with you on how to make those holiday givebacks a lot easier. Plus, are you trying to do your part this year by purchasing environmentally friendly products? If so, how do you know that they are what they claim to be? You need to be very careful not to fall prey to what we call the green hype or green washing. So a little later, we're going to talk to the editor of Dwell Magazine, who's got a lot of expertise in this category, about how you can sort out the wheat from the chaff and make sure both are environmentally friendly. And this hour, we're giving away a $350 gift certificate, courtesy of our friends over at Leggett and Platt, and they are the makers of some really fine, super soft, luxurious bedding. So give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Joyce in Florida needs some help with a granite countertop. Tell us what's going on. I'm just wondering about my granite countertop. I have a little chip in it. It's only hmm. a year and a half old. How'd that happen? I have no idea. I swear to God, I live alone, and couldn't <laughs> have been anybody. <laughs> I can't blame it on anybody else. But it's, it's right by you know, right in front of the sink. Right. That's so, I, I mean, have one there as well. Do you want to know what it's from? And yeah. also, what is your edge? Do you have the OG edge? Oh, I don't know. It's, is it like super decorative, like kind of curvy, or is it more blunt? It's blunt. Yeah, the, the side by the sink is blunt. The outside okay. is the curvy part, yeah. So it's the inside of the sink, not the outside? Well, okay, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about like the bar part. It's got, anyway, um, no, it's the inside of the sink, but it's... It's cur- it's just curvy. Oh, I'm sorry. Because m- my issue is from at the sink, the counter height happens to be at the same exact height as the button on my jeans. And when I'm washing my dishes and I'm leaning at the counter, I had a little area that was more filler than actually granite at that edge because, you know, they do that resin coating on it. And if there's pox or chips, it sort of fills in. So I kept leaning and leaning and leaning and working. And over the years, it just sort of popped out this little filler. And it was always from where the button on my pants was sort of hitting the counter. Well, see, mine is uh, is actually 
It's on the inside on the sink of side. the sink. You must be a very crazy dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a solution. There, there are a wide variety of acrylic or epoxy repair kits that are available where, in effect, you can mix up the uh, repair material and then also mix in a dye that is very close to the pattern that you have and then very carefully touch Fill that it up. In. Build it yeah, up. I just and, don't want it to get any bigger. Yeah. yeah I no, think this that that's probably a reasonably that. easy thing for you to do, and it should stop it from getting any bigger. I assume this is just something you can buy. Well, at Home Center, or you can search search for granite repair kits online. There's uh, you know dozens of websites that, sells the, that sell these kits. They're pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. uh, They're like in, in the $25 to $50 range. Yep. One is called Bonstone, B-O-N-S-T-O-N-E, mm -hmm. bonstone.com. But there are lots of them out there uh, that are available. And, you know, again, all you got to do is mix it up and follow the directions, and I think you'll be good to go. Well, I will fix it, and thank you. I really appreciate that. I wasn't sure if there's anything you could do to fix it. I didn't want to just, you know, leave it alone, so... Okay, well, you're I'll not the first that. to have a crack, but... Uh, and you're not the last. <laughs> won't be the last, and fortunately, <laughs> there's a whole market out there waiting to serve you. All righty. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate you are, it. <laughs> you are very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Donald in Indiana is having a radiator issue. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Uh, I installed a, an extra radiator in a hot water system. And not knowing that the radiator was bad, had a little hole in it, I told it was okay. Got it all installed and put water in the system, and lo and behold, water started spurting out of it. Huh. So I shut it all off, and of course, uh, after it dried up, why I I mixed up some uh, putty. Uh, well, actually, it's epoxy putty is what I've got put over the hole, put a little piece of metal over it, and put two clamps on it, and tomorrow I will see if it's going to hold or not. Okay, well, I think you did the right thing, because I was going to tell you that an epoxy patching compound is probably the right thing to do there. Mm-hmm. I've actually patched a radiator myself using that exact method, and it worked fine, and it's been probably 10 years now. I'm reminded of it every time I go into the bathroom and stare at the patch one. I hmm. <laughs> wonder if that's going to hold, but so far, so good. I sure hope so. Just on another, on a steam pipe, that uh, a two-inch steam pipe that was leaking in the threads, and I put that around her, and that was probably two, three years ago, and it's holding, so I thought I'd try this. Well, I think you did the right thing, and I think you're going to be very happy with the result. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Beth and Georgia is working on a reglazing project in a bathtub. Tell us how it's going. I have had my bathtub, what they call refinished, twice. It's an original tub. The house is 40 years old. It's iron with porcelain. Okay. And they, they basically etched it and then sprayed a new surface on. And I was wondering if this is the same thing as reglazing. And if so, I haven't had any luck. It's peeled up both times. Mm. So what are my other options? Okay. Did you have a company come in and do this for you? Yes. Two you different know, ones. Yeah. It's hard to get this done and have it really last, I will say. I've seen it done a number of different ways, but typically what happens is they put on an, an acid etch, and it's a very corrosive process. I mean, the folks that do this have to be well-protected, not only their arms and their eyes and things like that, but all their, also their breathing. Because you have to really etch that old surface and with a very corrosive material. 
And then once that is etched, uh, they essentially prime it, and the primer is usually sprayed on, and then the top coat is sprayed on. And if it's done well, you might get five years out of it. And then you have to do it again. It's never, ever going to be as good as an original surface of the tub. Um, I guess what happened in my case was that it was etched. I'm not sure if they did the primer stage, but um, it only lasted, the new surface they put on only lasted two months each time, and then it would start peeling up right at the drain. Yeah, that's not right. That's not right. Now, did the did the glazer come back and redo it? Um, well, they put a guarantee, a nine-year guarantee, and when I called them back in two months, the uh, number had been disconnected. Oh, <laughs> was that nice of them? <laughs> I, I, that was my second time around, so I, I kind of gave up. But I still have the bathtub. It has tile around it and a tile floor. I can't really afford to tear out all the tile and put a yeah. new tub in. So I just, I just wondered if there were any other options for me. Well, you could have a tub insert made. I mean, that's another way that this is done. There are a number of companies that make those. They fit inside the old tubs. They tend to make the tub a little smaller as a result, and they're not inexpensive. But, but they're know, really durable. Yeah. you know, Or you can go you know, back to the beginning and try to find a glazer that actually has a reputation, has been in business for a number right. of years, and does a good job. It sounds clearly like you got somebody that wasn't doing a very good job. They didn't even stay in business for two months after you hired them. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home decor, home improvement, home knock them down and rebuild them up, however you like them, question, <laughs> whatever you are working on. We're here for you in this new year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, are your old electronic gadgets filling the drawers and shelves in your home? Well, make room for the new stuff and find out how to get some cash back on your outdated technology. We'll have that tip next. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here at Team Money Pit is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We want you to give us a call. We want you to ask us a home improvement question. And we will help you tackle that project successfully. And then, to make a bonus, we will put your name into the Money Pit hard hat and possibly pick you as our lucky winner this hour. And we are giving away a $350 Leggett and Platt gift certificate. And if you are the lucky winner, you can choose from their Leggett and Platt Home Collection 400 thread count sheet set, which you know is super duper soft. And of course, they have their rest assured easy fit corners fitted sheet, which means those super duper deep mattresses that we all love today. The sheet will actually fit on it, stay on it, and not as you're tossing and turning in the night, end up wrapped all around you because it's just holding on for dear life. It's really a wonderful group of bedding. And you can visit their website, lpcpg.com, so you can start your shopping list in preparation to be our lucky winner. So give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, if you're looking for a way to get rid of your old electronics and make room for the new ones, you scored big this holiday season. You are in luck. There's a growing number of ways to turn e-trash into treasure, and there are several websites that will allow you to mail in used electronics for a check or a PayPal deposit. 
For example, gazelle.com will accept old cell phones, cameras, and even DVDs. But don't hold on to your stuff for too long or it will lose its value. There are also many national retailers now that let you trade in towards future purchases as a way of being a little more environmentally friendly as you dispose of that stuff, including Sears, Kmart, Best Buy, Walmart, and many others. You want to ask about those sellback programs at any retailer that you choose to frequent. Mm -hmm. And another idea is to actually donate your old desktop computer or your cell phone to a charity and then take a tax deduction on what you actually give to those charities. You can check your local YMCA or a local shelter that you might be familiar with who are looking to accept these types of items. Finally, if you really just feel that you want to just get rid of your stuff or maybe it's too old to put into good use, you want to make sure that you look into recycling programs so that you can get rid of these electronics properly, especially if they have batteries, which you really can't toss into your household trash. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement project. Your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one eight 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 money pit Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? All right. We've got Norm who's dealing with some concrete issues. Tell us what's going on. Hi, guys. Yeah, I've got a circular driveway in the front of my uh, house, and we've developed some cracks. Uh, unfortunately, when the weather gets cold here, we get uh, water in those cracks. Of course, the ice forms and makes the cracks wider. And I'd like some advice on what I should do to seal those cracks so they don't get worse. Hmm. Now, these are these are cracks in what kind of a surface, again? It's, it's concrete. It's a concrete driveway. It's I guess it's six inches uh, deep. Um, and it's a circular driveway, and we have expansion okay. joints in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you want to use is, an, is an, a, a, there's an epoxy patching compound that you can use, and you'll essentially be filling these in. You have to clean them out really well first, but the epoxy is strong enough to bind to both sides of the crack. And stay there. And stay there, yeah, exactly. Should I power wash them out first? Well, now, if you power wash them, you're going to have to wait days, and I mean, I do mean days for them to get really dry again. Because you got to remember, concrete's very, very absorbent. Sure. So it'll stay very saturated. That's the kind of project that if you're doing like on a spring or summer day where you can really bake in the sun for a while, you'd have a chance of getting it dry enough. I don't think you have to go that that route. As long as you can just make it reasonably broom clean, there's no dirt, and and, you you can run a wet-dry vacuum over it, kind of suck out what's there and try to get it real clean, you should be good enough to uh, be able to apply the compound. Any specific epoxy that you might recommend? Um, There's a site called Abatron, A-B-A-T-R-O-N. Uh-huh. that uh, makes a whole bunch of concrete repair products. Yeah, pretty much a ton of right products for the and job. And you could find it there. Good deal. Love your show. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now I've got Mary from Delaware on the line who's got a roofing question. How can we help you today? Thank you for being there for all of us, and I do love your show. Thank all you right. so much. How can we help you? I think I'm going to need a new roof, and I don't know who to go to, what to ask for, any good suggestions for me? Well, sure. First of all, why do you think that you do need a new roof? Well, I had a, a small leak in one of the closets, very mm-hmm. small. Okay. And I don't know. I haven't had anybody come out yet. Okay. Now, how old is your house, Mary? Oh, it's 47 years old. How Has the roof been around for a good part of that, or do you know how old the roof is? We did have a roof replaced. Okay. Maybe 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. Okay, so the roof's at the end of a normal life cycle. That said, the fact that you had a leak does not mean you have to run out and buy a new roof. Leaks are typically very repairable. Even though a roofer may try to talk you into replacing the roof, uh, that may not necessarily be the case. Now, if it turns out you do need a new roof, there are a lot of options for you in terms of the shingles that are available today. 
I will I will suggest you take a look at Owens Corning. They have uh, lots of uh, of excellent roofing products with really good warranties, and they also have a type of roof called a cool roof, which reflects I believe about thirty percent of the sun's heat back out. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So that makes it uh, makes your house a lot cooler in the summertime. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, my good friends, for being there for all of us, especially for me. All I right, need Mary. all the help I can get. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing just fine. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Hey, is your house stuck in the seventies? Well, it could be like our next caller, Maureen, who is dealing with some sticky vinyl wallpaper. Welcome. I remember vinyl wallpaper. My mom had that in our kitchen. It was covered with big yellow flowers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this wallpaper, that's what it is, big yellow flowers. Oh, almost. you probably oh. have the same wallpaper we had. <laughs> it must be. Anyway, it's vinyl wallpaper. It's in the main bathroom. The paper itself comes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the glue but stays the behind. The backing yeah. of the paper and, uh, is stuck on the walls. Yeah, now have you tried any uh, wallpaper paste remover or any of that sort of thing? Oh, yes. It's, yeah. No, it doesn't work. doesn't work that well, does it? Have you tried, Maureen, have you tried to rent a steamer, a wallpaper steamer? No, I have not done that yet. I tell you, sometimes you just got to bring out the heavy artillery with this stuff. It's it's old, it's sticky, they don't make the glues like they used to, and it's just very hard to get off with any of the uh, you know paste remover products. So I think what you should probably do is just go right and rent the steamer. They're very inexpensive to rent. Uh, it's going to save you a lot of hours of hassle. And even when you get it all off, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have a very rough surface underneath. Even you know the best job is going to leave a very rough surface. So I want to make sure that you do two things. Number one, you want to prime that surface completely, and I would recommend an oil-based primer. And then you want to cover it with flat paint, nothing with a sheen, because if you put anything with a sheen on an uneven surface like that, it's going to show the lumps and the bumps every time the light hits it in a funny way, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Maureen. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Forest in Michigan is working on a front door project. Tell us what it is. Well, we're trying to replace our exterior rear door, and uh, we live in a modular home, and all the exterior doors seem to be six inches shorter than normal height. Huh. So we're trying to figure out a way we can replace it without having the special order and cost hundreds of extra dollars to do yeah. that. What's the height of the door you're looking for? Uh, six feet, two inches. Wow, that is unusual. That's weird. Yeah. Yes. Have you contacted what, I hope you're the not company? A tall guy. That, yeah. <laughs> um, have you contacted the company who produced the modular home or the components therein? Yes, and they want like five hundred and fifty-nine dollars for a new door. Wow. Well, that's why they're six feet two inches. Yeah. They're like, oh, if we make a hey, weird size, can you size, modify the opening uh, of the of the exterior wall to take a standard height door? Yes, I do. I, I mean, that's what I would do. I wouldn't yeah, that's what I was looking at doing, was just trying to raise it up, you know, raise the header up. Now, this way all your tall friends can come and visit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would help. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money on a custom door that's, that's non-standard height. I would simply modify the exterior wall to take a standard 80-inch door. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the most cost-effective solution, plus you'll yeah. have the most options. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I guess that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I was right. thinking I'm doing, and just want to make sure I was doing the right thing. You are. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, green products. How do you know 
if they're truly green or you're just getting a bunch of green hype? We're going to have the answers when we interview the editor from Dwell Magazine after this. It is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit SnowblowersDirect.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, everywhere you look, products and companies are hopping on that green bandwagon. They're claiming that their product is good for the environment or it's made in an eco-friendly way. But is that just the latest marketing gimmick, you know, sort of directed to get you to buy their product? Or are companies truly trying to be more responsible? Well, the truth probably lies somewhere in between, and it's up to you to figure out which products are really environmentally friendly. To help us separate facts from the hype, Aaron Britt joins us right now. He's a columnist and the senior editor of Dwell Magazine. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, it seems that ever since uh, we have uh, developed a strong interest in green remodeling and green building, uh, the number of companies, of course, claiming to become green has shot up uh, dramatically. What's the first thing you can look for to determine whether or not a product you're considering for your home, whether it's an appliance or a door or a window, truly is environmentally friendly? For me personally, I think one of the best ways is to look for some sort of independent third party certifying the greenness of the product. It's one thing if the manufacturer says, hey, look at us, we're green, you know, we've never been more eco-friendly. Right. But if some sort of, you know, other entity, say the U.S. Green Building Council Mm -hmm. or Energy Star or, you know, any number of trusted sources suggests that the thing has passed some sort of environmental muster, that means a whole lot more than, you know, their, their marketing copy department deciding to add the G word to the new label. (laughs) Now, there's so many ways that I feel like a product could be labeled as green. You know, do you look for, or should I say, what makes it a better green product? Is it the fact of where it's made, how it's made, if it's recycled or repurposed? How do you really sort out what qualifies green and what makes it a better product? Let me preface all this by saying, You simply can't continue to be a lazy consumer, as so many Americans are, Mm -hmm. and just continue buying the same old stuff. You've got to do some research. If you care about this stuff, don't just show up at the grocery store and take a look at, you know, this tile cleaning product versus that tile cleaning product, because the odds are good that you just won't know the difference. So once you've done a bit of homework and you've sorted out which is manufactured in, let's say, the more sustainable way, Mm -hmm. then you have a whole host of other things to think about. You can look at... Where was this produced? If it turns out this was made in a factory 100 miles from my house, you know, that's not so bad. If it was made in, I don't know, South Korea, well, okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's an awful lot farther. There's a lot of jet fuel expended to get that product from South Korea to the United States. Yeah, precisely, precisely. And then, so let's suppose each is made an equidistant, you know, radius from, from where you're buying it. Then take a look at the packaging and think to yourself, okay, is this thing sheathed in four layers of cellophane that I'm immediately going to discard? Or maybe it's in some sort of cardboard box, little packaging, and you think to yourself, you know, I can recycle this straight away. 
and and right there it could be a potentially greener product. Yeah, that's a really great point, Aaron, because the packaging really is something that is so obvious to us. It doesn't require a, uh, a skill set in mechanical engineering to determine how it was made. Uh, you can see it right there uh, on the label, but more importantly, in the label. Oh, absolutely. And to me, those are those are ones that, look, I've, I'm like anybody else. I don't know every single green product under the sun. And there comes a point in time where I do go to the store and I'm looking at A and I'm looking at B and I'm trying to sort out not only what's going to work the best for me, but what makes the most sense sustainably. And often, if you haven't done loads of research, it can come down to packaging. Right. Aaron, what do you think is really driving this sort of green movement? Do you think that it's you know, a percentage of people saying, all right, I'm going to be environmentally responsible? Or do you think the majority has come from sort of a selfish standpoint of, all right, if I use something that has less chemicals, it will be healthier for me and my family? I'd like to believe that it's both. I think that more and more, we're starting to understand the ethical imperative of green design and green products. And it comes simply from a standpoint of efficiency. So that's one thing. But I think you're, it's interesting to raise that point of, of personal health because often that's what's led to so many good changes, things that are healthier for us, healthier for our homes. I mean, certain people are complaining about they don't like the government telling them what sort of light bulbs to use, right? And I suppose maybe you can understand that from a libertarian standpoint, but are these same people sort of screaming about wanting lead paint back? Right. Do you hear these same <laughs> yeah. people like worrying about all the asbestos they'd love to get back into their homes? Yeah, good point. We are talking to Aaron Britt. He's a senior editor of Dwell Magazine about the difference between green and greenwashing. And Aaron, a bit ago, you talked about the third-party certifications. Uh, isn't there, however, even competition among those that want to be considered an authority in determining greenness that's causing some additional levels of confusion? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the clearest places you see this is in... Uh, so we cover a lot of architecture. So we're always right. looking at sustainably designed homes. And as you go around the world from nation to nation, there are a whole different host of standards. In Germany, a lot of people are building to a passive house standard. In Canada, they've got green globes. Here we've got the U.S. Green Building Council's LEED system. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, though each is trying to achieve something good in terms of sustainability, it's not uniform in the least. Right. And so I just recently covered a house in Philadelphia and the fellow told me, the guy, the designer and the developer, he said, we're designing this house to German passive house standards because that blows American standards out of the water. And yet at the same time, he turns around and tells me, but this other house I did just received LEED Platinum certification. And so even right there within one guy who runs a small company in Philadelphia, we've got two, I won't say competing, but I will say uh, different standards of sustainability. Well, let's hope that it all shakes out uh, for the benefit uh, of all Americans and we can all reduce our environmental footprint and have a great selection of, uh, of green constructed housing uh, moving forward in the future. Aaron Britt, Senior Editor of Dwell Magazine. Great information. Thanks so much for stopping by The Money Bit and sharing it with us. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, you too. If you'd like more information on green building as well as lots of other very, very trendy home improvement topics, you should check out Aaron's website at dwell.com, the website for Dwell Magazine, D-W-E-L-L.com. All right. And still ahead, how do you go about returning some of those holiday gifts that you were saying thank you but really thinking no thank you? And now you're like, <laughs> what do I do with them? Well, we're going to help you return those holiday gifts without the hassle, so stick around.
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat for a chance to win a $350 gift certificate from Leggett and Platt, a company that makes fantastic beds and bedding, including the Leggett and Platt Home Collection 400 Thread Count Sheet Set with Rest Assured Easy Fit corner pocket. So if you're thinking, you know, I just can't get to sleep at night because I'm just not <laughs> assured that my corners will stay in place. Well, you're not going to have so that problem because <laughs> you can rest assured with the easy fit corner pockets. The number is one eight 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 money pit Give us a call right now for your chance to win, but you must have a home improvement question. Well, about this time of year, we all start going over those same feelings, and it really happens to everybody every holiday season. You just might not be feeling that love for that orange stripey sweater that you got as a gift, or maybe you'd much rather have gotten that power tool that you've been eyeing and dropping hints about, but no one got it for you. Well, returning those unwanted gifts, it can actually be more tricky than we think, but we've got some tips to make those transactions go a lot smoother. First off, the sooner the better. You don't like it, bring it back right away. And secondly, don't cut any tags off or remove any packaging if there's any chance of it going back. Even if you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm going to keep it, do not cut those tags off. Do not throw away the box, the bag, whatever it is. Now, most stores have revamped return policies in the last year or so, which are actually making it a lot tougher to return or even exchange items without the right information. And keep in mind that electronics and even appliance chains have those short return periods allowed. So along with those tough rules on opened packages, there could be restocking fees. Just make sure you go about whatever you want to bring back quickly. Now, if you want to avoid the whole return hassle in the first place, there is a cool new way to do that at Amazon.com. They now have a gift converter system that was recently patented and it's a method to really prevent bad gifts. What happens is that you set up rules for gifts that others are trying to buy for you. And if the gift doesn't fit the rule, Amazon won't let the shopper purchase it and instead suggests an alternative gift. Kind of like checking in with the best friend. Good thing to keep in mind for next year's or the next time that you need to, to purchase a gift online. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? Greg in Indiana needs some help repairing a ceiling at his money pit. What can we do for you today? Hi, Leslie. I have a crack in a textured vaulted ceiling. Okay. Um, it's at the peak, and um, I have tried putting a uh, what I think is a higher quality siliconized uh, paintable caulk and repainting, and um, it seems like it doesn't last very long and uh, we're having to redo it. Right. I didn't know if there was some type of a, a permanent fix for that. Are you using any tape when you're making this repair? Uh, no. We're, I'm trying to avoid uh, taking the texture off. Okay. Yeah, because it's textured, it would be a big deal. But yeah, I, I feel like you're going to just continue to make this repair unless you can you know, get underneath, add some of that fiberglass mesh tape, which will sort of help because you're going to get continuous movement because, as you say, it's at the peak. So there's going to be a lot of movement there just from the nature of the structure. Now, what kind of texture is it? Is it a popcorn? Is it like a twist? Is it a stipple? Can it be replicated is what I'm getting at. It, it, I'm sure that it can. Um, I've just 
avoided it because it's it's a room that is probably uh, I don't know probably twenty to twenty five feet wide. Uh, the length of the the crack would be so. I've just avoided doing that. I, I kind of in the back of my mind felt like that was probably the, the permanent solution, but um, was trying to, to find an easier way out. Well, I think that uh, you know what the solution is. The The fact of the matter is that this crack is a break. The fact that you uh, caulked it is not going to stick to both sides in such a way that it will stretch across and bridge that gap on a permanent basis. You're always going to have it reopen again and again and again. So you can either live with it or you could, you know, pull off the uh, texturing and put up a fiberglass mesh tape and spackle it, as Leslie suggested, uh, and then retexture it. I will tell you that, that you, there is texture material that's sold in a can now. Mm-hmm, that you can just spray on. So you don't have to have a company come in and spray it. There is patching material for this very purpose. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I think that'll do it. I'm not exactly the answer I wanted, but I think that it was, uh, that's probably, I just needed somebody to tell me to do it. So All right. All right. All right. Do you've it been, already. You've been tasked. All right. Thank All you. right. Go forth and patch, my friend. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, when it comes to fueling your home, you've got some choices, gas, propane, or electric. But which is the most cost-effective when it comes to your appliances? We'll tell you after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement project or head on over to moneypit.com and post it in our community section where we can answer it as well as other members of the home improvement community. And Garrett did that. And Garrett is asking, I am getting ready to replace a propane dryer. And I was wondering, long term, which is cheaper, a propane dryer or an electric dryer? That's kind of like the question, what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of nails? <laughs> well, they weigh the it. same. <laughs> uh, actually, there's nothing efficient about the word dryer. Dryers are just not efficient uh, equipment. Period. And period. There's no such thing as an efficient clothes dryer. Why? That's why none of them are Energy Star rated. That's right. Now, how do you get energy efficiency in a dryer? Well, you use an efficient washer because if you pull, the more water you pull out of your clothes from a high efficiency washing machine, the less time the dryer needs to operate. So if I was trying to concentrate on efficiency when it comes to laundry, I would concentrate on the washer, not the dryer. Uh, As far as gas versus electric or propane versus electric, I think if your house is already set up for propane, that's probably going to be a little bit more efficient than electric, but remember the key to uh, efficiency with clothes washing equipment is in fact the washer, not the dryer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really pay attention. Look at the high efficiency models. Look at ones that don't have an agitator. I mean, there's so many options out there. So you really have a wonderful opportunity to create something really fantastic in your laundry room that's efficient and energy saving. So good luck with your laundry. All right, and Roberta posted, about five years ago, I had my house re-clapboarded and painted with primer and two coats of paint. Came out great. Just about the end of last year, I noticed nail heads rusting through the paint. I assume that my contractor must have used the wrong nails, but what can I do at the 
this point? Is there really nothing you could do at this point, I guess? Yeah, because when it comes to, uh, especially cedar siding, you want to use stainless nails. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you'll get that blackened stain or you will, in fact, get, get rusting. Rust. At this point, Roberta, the only thing that's going to stop that rust is to repaint the house. And again, with the good coat of oil-based primer, which I'm sure is what you used the first time, uh, that will stop the rusting. But it's not going to be cost-efficient for you to replace them uh, Mm -hmm. because obviously there's just way too many nails. Oh my gosh. I bet thousands. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I couldn't even guesstimate. Maybe that should be our, you know, New Year's sort of guess how many jelly beans are in the bin. Can you guess how many nails are in Roberta's house? (laughs) Does it take to uh, nail siding on a house? Well, Roberta, when in doubt, make a joke. (laughs) Well, if your home has wall-to-wall carpet, but perhaps has picked up a few wrinkles or loose spots, there is a solution. With some rented equipment and a little sweat equity, you can fix those flaws by restretching your carpet. And Leslie has the lowdown on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. You know, that's right. When areas of the carpeting in your home become kind of wrinkled and even a little loose, not only does it not look great, but it actually can create a tripping hazard and make those spots that are loose more prone to wear on your carpeting. Now, restretching the carpet can actually extend its lifespan. And if you restretch a carpet, you're going to have to rent some tools. Now, you're going to need three of them, one being a power stretcher. You're also going to need a knee kicker and a carpet cutter. Together, these tools are going to stretch out that carpeting and get rid of its wrinkles and then it gives you the opportunity to trim away the excess carpet that's going to happen when you sort of stretch everything along to the edges of the room. Now in one day you can restretch the carpet in a single room so this winter why not broaden your home improvement repertoire and give your floor a makeover by restretching your wrinkled or your bunched up carpeting for a nice neater look and of course longer wear on your carpet itself. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to talk about the ins and outs of greening an older home. Learn how to make your old house more modern and energy efficient on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit.